Welcome to the Favorites Podcast. I am Chad Millman of the Action Network. It is Wednesday, which means I am joined by my favorite person, might be, maybe my favorite person in the world. There's like, this is someone who has never offended me, has has given me millions of laughs, has never talked back to me, has never been angry at me, laughs at my jokes, and has given me more joy and a lifetime worth of material. Like, honest to God, I can't even say that about my kids. <laughs> Jesus, that, those are, that's high praise, man. This is Mr. Bob Scucci, bookmaker at the Orleans and all the Boyd Gaming books in the state of Nevada. Here we go. Now we're ready. I got. I've got to get used to that. Just elaborate setup. I'm just not used to such, you know, introductions. How beautiful is that? I love it. Oh my god, it's so good. I forget. It gets the blood pumping. I actually forget how good it is every single time I sit down, and then I'm ready for it, and I'm, and I just, it's magical. I forget that it's even going to be played. Obviously. Yeah. Clearly, you're not <laughs> helping in the production of your podcast. No. Hey. Um. Something I want to talk about. Getting the best of the number. I wrote about this. So important. So important, right? You've actually taught me about this. Uh, I wrote about this in Millman's Red Zone Diaries that you can read on actionnetwork.com and in the app because I felt like on Sunday I did not get the best of the number in a couple spots. And like I'll go on Sports Center on Sunday mornings and talk about games that I like, and I loved the Patriots on Sunday night. I bet him at three early in the week. I went on SportsCenter. I still liked him at three and a half. That kind of came back to haunt me. Um, the Redskins line moved from Skins, I think, minus one to Skins, I think, plus one and a half. I still won that game. I was on the Redskins at minus one. But that game easily could have ended Panthers 24, Skins 23, and I would have been killing myself that I didn't have Skins plus one and a half. You got fish hooked on your scooch roulette pick. Tell yeah. me what you did. Well, because we talked about it, and I, and we even talked about that specific game, laying three as opposed to laying three and a half. We're talking about the Patriots game. The Patriots game. Patriots Chiefs, yeah. And uh, you know when we were hanging that line, it, I knew at plus three and a half we'd get a lot of Chiefs money, and I knew at minus three we'd get some Patriots money, and it's just the difference of a half a point. And, and that's why it's critical those little little moves and uh, on both on both sides of the counter on the bookmaking side when we're hanging the lines and then obviously on the betting side I liked them too and I tried to be on the high side and and made them three and a half and that came back to haunt me in two ways on the bookmaking side and then also on my scooch roulette pick because I I, I picked the Patriots minus three and a half. How did you explain yourself to your bosses when you got hooked like that as a bookmaker? <laughs> Fortunately, we had such a good day. Uh, that Miami Bears game uh, got so big that it really carried the day. So I didn't really have to do much explaining. You know, when you win money, you don't have to explain too much. Yeah. Man. 
How about that game? That was just as a um, as a Bears fan, it was crushing, really crushing. And you know, obviously, I text during the games with my best friend Matt, who's also a massive Bears fan. And I also was texting with my buddy, good friend of mine, who I had on the ESPN podcast years ago, named Sam Walker. He wrote a book called I don't know if I talked about this in the last podcast. He wrote a book called The Captain Class which became this big bestseller. And it's all about um, sort of using the attributes that leaders in sports uh, all have in common to figure out like what leadership looks like overall. And so he looked at everybody from like people who played for the New Zealand All Blacks to Derek Jeter to, you know, I can't remember, I think like um, Bill Cartwright, like, you know, leaders of teams that were sort of legendary teams. And, you know, because it's a brilliant idea, it's now spawned into like, he does speaking gigs and he was an editor at the Wall Street Journal. He had started as a writer, then became an editor. And now he like does a column on leadership two times a week. And he's actually a consultant for the Bears as a sort of leadership consultant, right? And the Bears read his book, like the guys who run the the Bears read his book and um, the GM gave it to everyone on the staff. And he's also been working a lot with Mitch Mitch Trubisky. And I'm not revealing anything here. There was a big story about it in the Chicago Chicago Tribune. So naturally, like Sam's a close friend and and, like we talk about the Bears and like now at this point, all I want to do is ask him about the Bears and like talk about like what's going on with the Bears and like and if the Bears do badly, I basically just criticize them and send them a text to be like, the Bears could really use a leader right now. And so on Sunday, Trubisky was so good in the first half, and I was just like like praising Sam, like, oh my God, what you have done with this guy. It's amazing. He's such a good quarterback. Like the poise, the effort. And then the coach effed it up. Like he just took the ball out of Trubisky's hands at the end of the game. When in the world is like 53 yards enough, you're close enough for a field goal. Like why do you stop trying to get closer at the 35 yard line? I mean, from someone on the other side that needed the Dolphins, I was actually happy that they were just running the ball up the middle, trying to trying to just run the clock and, and try to kick the field goal. I mean, that was just great. It was idiotic. Totally idiotic. I watched that game and I'm like, what? This makes no sense. But like, it made no sense. You're going to take the ball out of the guy's hand. Trubisky had a great game. Like he was finally accurate on deep balls. He looked comfortable. You're really not going to try to get him to throw the ball down the middle of the field for 10 more yards, make mm-hmm. it that much easier of a field goal. Like yep. it, there is a bad kicking epidemic right now. Yeah, Everybody is infected. You're really going to trust your guy to kick a 53-yard field goal? Yeah, I know. But that point that you just made about changing your what, what's working for you as a coach and then changing it at the end of the game, I think that factor is why I've hated watching the, the Patriots over the years as a, as a bookmaker and having them beat us every game. Because from somebody that's just rooting for the teams to cover, Belichick and Brady would never change up the end. They could be you know, have a comfortable lead, but they're never getting out of their game plan. Even to the very last second of the game, you can still picture Brady just dropping back and throwing a 20-yard pass. And that and it used to frustrate me, uh, always rooting for underdogs that are catching like maybe seven, seven and a half points. And I was just like, please just run the clock, you know. But that's exactly <laughs> so what Brady did in that game, right? Like on a third and one, he goes yep. deep to Chris Hogan from deep in his own like deep in his own territory and then the deep pass to Gronkowski like 
I wish the Chiefs guy had let him score. So yeah, me too. I hate doing that. <laughs> the gambler's math, like in the last three minutes of a game, is exhausting. You know how the scenario is going to play out, and there's you're just begging and praying for like something fluky for someone to do something against the percentages. I love the mindset of the end of a game from a betting perspective. So the people in the book that had the uh, Cincinnati Bengals against the Pittsburgh Steelers were actually rooting for, at one point, the game uh, for Cincinnati to score the touchdown that put them uh, down by one or, or what was it? They they wanted Cincinnati to miss the extra point so that the game would go into overtime, and then Cincinnati would have a chance to cover the two and a half points. So you're rooting you're rooting for a touchdown and an and a missed extra point to try and send the game into overtime because winning by one is no good. We need them to win by three. I'll tell you what I was rooting for there. I was you know it was really the series before that the Patriot the Steelers were driving. I was rooting for the Steelers to score a touchdown because if they score the touchdown, they're up 24-14. And then I'm rooting for, okay, the Bengals drive down, score a touchdown 24-21, kick the onside kick, score another touchdown, they win 28-24 and I cover my bet. That's <laughs> what I was rooting for. See, that's the gambler's math. Like I'm thinking in impossibilities at that point. Like, yeah. cause I had done the math. Like if they score the field goal, the Bengals drive down, they could win the game, but I'm not going to win my bet. That's another right. example, by the way, not getting the best of the number. I bet that game at two and a half, it closed at one. Yep. And like, while it didn't matter at the end of the game because the Steelers still won, if they hadn't have scored that touchdown, at least I would have pushed. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I love how, you know, you're rooting for one side the entire game, and then as long as you're covering the spread and then the other team has the ball, now you're rooting for them to just make a first down to kill the clock. So you're rooting for them sometimes, sometimes against them, sometimes it changes even on on one drive who you're rooting for. Scooch, let's get into some gambler's math right now because the Thursday night game is awesome. And if I were to bet, allegedly, I would bet this one right now because it's in my wheelhouse. Denver Broncos, two and a half point favorites over the Arizona Cardinals at home. Thursday night, road favorite of less than a field goal. Yeah. You know where I'm going here. I do, but, you know, we've gotten so much action on both sides on this one. And did you ever just look at the game? You know, we hang all the lines, and you're trying to go through as many games as you can and kind of get into each game. And then one of them just stands out. And we hung one and a half on this game, uh, you know, Sunday night. And then after going through all the games, it just didn't look it looked too short. I mean, I, we know we're going to get Broncos money. So we moved it to two and a half, and uh, they laid the two and a half. Uh, some some pretty big bets came in at minus the two and a half. I actually went to three and then took a sharp bet at plus three. So yeah, I've been going back and forth on this one since we hung the line. Uh, the, the public really wants no part of the, the Cardinals. I know that's a, it's a strong play in terms of a number, and we know that the home dogs the last two weeks have just been a tremendous play. Uh, Percentage-wise, the home dogs have really been coming in. Uh, and here's another one, and you have to figure on a high-profile, you know, one-off game like this on a Thursday night game if the Cardinals are going to, you know, 
put together a game, this is the one. But the Cardinals have the, the worst offense statistically in the NFL right now. So, you know, the betting public just really wants no part of them. Uh, but they did, uh, you know, going up against a tough Minnesota team, kind of surprised a lot of people, kept the game close. And depending on the number again, whether you laid nine and a half with Minnesota and Arizona last week or got a plus ten and a half with Arizona, there's another game fell right on the number. Um, to go back to your point on how, how important shopping is. You think this game will get to three again? Yeah, I think it closes three. It's a Thursday night game. The the public is already on uh, the Broncos at about a three to one ratio. Uh, when it's the only big uh, football game of the night, uh, you, you know we're going to get a ton of Bronco money. Uh, so uh, if you're looking if you're looking to bet the Cardinals, you should be able to get a three sometime. I'm going to wait to allegedly make my bet. <laughs> Legend. You know why? Because I want to get the best of the number. It's what I do. It's you have to. Professional way to go. Yeah. Yep. Here's another interesting one. My Chicago Bears plus three against the New England Patriots. A lot of money coming into New England. How do I not bet the Bears here? At, at plus, so the look ahead line. You know, you you make the lines before the games are being played on on Sunday, and this line was Patriots three, and the. The adjustments made were you know, based on the Bears losing to, to Miami and um, the Patriots, even though they didn't cover, beating a, a good Kansas City team. So the the adjustment was a half a point, also accounting for we know the, the, the general public is going to be on the Patriots. So three and a half, all the value is on the Bears here. Even at three, I think the value would be on the Bears. It's tough to bet against the Patriots, and <laughs> we talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, all these all these home dogs—it's a really strong play. And and you mentioned Trubisky, and and I like the way this offense plays, despite some of the mistakes they made last week. I think this is a strong play with uh, with the Bears here, you think especially this... with the you know the short week with uh, with, with uh, New England as, as as well. Do you think this game gets to three and a half? Does it get where? To three and a half? To four. Wait, you said you're it's, at three and a half right now? We're at three and a half. I'm not getting that at, if I allegedly wanted to make a bet, I'm not getting that option. You need an allegedly new place to wager. <laughs> Maybe I do. Got to find some new. I think most places in Vegas are at three and a half. Wow. Well, I will not be betting on my alleged place right now. Right. Um, <laughs> interesting. All right. So that's two games I'm going to keep an eye on here. Yeah. Uh, all right. So this one, I believe, is in London, right? The Tennessee Titans and the Chargers. Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers yes. are six and a half point favorites. Yeah. I feel like the bloom was a little bit off the rose on the Titans. And I, I played the Titans this past weekend at plus two and a half against the Ravens. And I'd just been impressed with sort of their defense a couple weeks and their defense still played really well against the Ravens. Their offense is just so pitiful. And I think the Chargers are becoming one of those teams that does not choke against bad teams. This Chargers team is sneakily increasing up the power ranking scale each week. Yeah. Um, so four and two team, if you go back, you know, their two losses were uh, against the uh, the Rams and the Chiefs. That's not a bad resume. I mean, those aren't bad losses to lose against, you know, the best team in the AFC and the best team in the NFC. And, uh, you know, sneakily, the, their offense is right up there in the top 10 statistically in the NFL. Uh, they've got a real good defense. Uh, so 
they've kind of flown under the radar a little bit just because they haven't been a high-profile team over the years. But uh, And to go back to your point about uh, the, the Titans, yeah, they've completely lost their bloom. Their offense is just anemic. Yeah. So we went on the high side here. I actually, before the podcast, went to seven on the game, seven even money. And I haven't taken a bet on the Titans yet, even at plus seven. So wow. that's kind of telling. Yeah. Yeah. So this game, if you're look, if you are looking <laughs> to bet the underdog in this one, uh, you should easily be able to get a seven somewhere. It's a stay away for me. Or stay away. Yeah, I don't know why. Like, what reason do I have to not want to bet the Chargers? Right. Yeah. Right. Well, you you cashed in on the Chargers last week. You don't go to the well too often. No, right? don't get greedy. <laughs> I would say don't get greedy, but a couple weeks ago, I like had been on the cards three weeks in a row. I saw them beating up in the Niners. I saw the Vikings beating the Eagles. I knew they were playing the next week. I knew the line would open double digits. And I had a feeling the Cardinals would be able to cover. I said to myself, I'm waiting to get the best of the number. I'm not betting this until it's a 10 and a half. It got to 10 and a half. I still didn't pull the trigger. And they, cut, and they, they would have covered. Yep. I had two choices gotcha. on Sunday morning I was thinking about. I was thinking about... Uh, the Cowboys and the Jags and the Cards and the Vikings, and then the Cowboys got to three and a half at home, and I went with the Cowboys. Turned to be okay, too. <laughs> Sharp. Yep. Sharp money Millman. That's Millman. It's the Millman. You're a wise guy. The Millmanator. Scooch, we'll come back to the betting in a second, but first I need to tell you about our friends at Keeneland. Scooch, you are a huge fan of the horse racing. Keeneland is an idyllic horse racing track right in the heart of thoroughbred country in Lexington, Kentucky. They're referred to as racing as it was meant to be. Think what Augusta is to golf. Wimbledon is to tennis. Keeneland is to horse racing. Their fall meet is underway, and they have already awarded nine spots in the Breeders' Cup after opening weekend through their stakes race on the Breeders' Cup Challenge Series. Keeneland offers high-quality racing with big pools and full fields for bettors for insight and analysis on who to bet on. You can follow at BetKeeneland on Twitter for on-demand content on Keeneland Racing from expert handicapper Jeremy Plonk. You can watch Keeneland's racing from any location and bet directly from your phone with Keeneland select their online betting platform folks you got to check it out like breeders is going to be awesome scooch loves horse racing brother let's get back to it tampa bay minus three over the cleveland browns this turned into like a shit game it's kind of sad yeah you know i'm i'm kind of kicking myself for not just being a little bit higher on tampa bay in this one you know we've kind of adjusted a little bit on the Browns each week and and the Browns got us a lot of good covers uh but uh you know at some point you start over adjusting a little too much one way and a little too much the other way and uh it's, we're we're buried on the buccaneers and I could see, I could see why uh I I'm looking at this game and it's one of those even though they're laying three, I, I think I would have to lean more Buccaneers uh, than Browns. Buccaneers have the, the best passing offense statistically in the NFL. A lot of that was Fitzgerald, but Winston looked pretty effective last week too. So um, this is going to be a tough one for us to to fade. You know, we're gonna we're gonna need the Browns in a big way. It's going to be one of the biggest morning games, and I could easily see this game going off three and a half, maybe even four. I believe they call him Fitzpatrick. What did I call him? Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. Yeah. 
<laughs> so we've got a casino here for many years in in Vegas. Anytime I start with the word Fitz, it usually ends in Fitzgerald's because the, the, uh, just the casino that's just ingrained in my mind downtown for many years. I don't know if you remember the Fitzgeralds. I don't. I do remember. Before your time. It was before my time. I do remember in college... I dated a girl whose last name was Fitzgerald. Ah. Do you remember? Now, <laughs> I don't know if you want to go further with that college I story. But. I don't know. She was great. I liked her a lot. She was very nice. There was, at one point, there were two players in the league, one Patrick Fitzgerald and one Gerald Fitzpatrick. I don't know if you remember that. I'm just going to go to the next game. <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars minus five over the Texans. This game all of a sudden became way super interesting, like wowzer interesting, massive ramifications, huge implications. Two teams struggling to figure out who they are, testing each other on the field of play on a Sunday afternoon for AFC South supremacy and dark helmets. I can't tell if you're sarcastic or not. <laughs> really? Because I'm laying it on pretty thick. Yeah, we don't we don't have that much interest in this game so far. You know, just looking at the. I mean, it seems like there would be, in terms of trying to find out who who these teams are. Houston's kind of been a a, a mystery most of the year, and uh, and Jacksonville, you know, have still have one of the best defenses in the NFL. And how do they just get annihilated by? A, a team like Dallas that has no no offense to speak of up to last week, uh, and, and you know looking back even a game further when when Jacksonville played the the, the Chiefs and uh, they they let up a ton and and couldn't score against the Chiefs and I, I can't figure out this Jacksonville team uh, you know they I agree with you I think I find it intriguing but I find that the public isn't going to have much interest in this one. Uh, we hung the Jaguars a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, I think they're confusing the public enough to where they don't know which team they're going to get, uh, so they're uh, a little leery, and they probably feel like there's some better games on the board to bet. I do feel like it is a big game, like and two really interesting teams, sort of a Texans team that certainly a lot of people who are sharp named Millman uh, thought would do really well and bought Super Bowl tickets, uh, futures for them. Uh, and they're just now, like their defense is just getting into a rhythm. Their offense is kind of figuring out who they are. The Jags' defense is amazing, but boy, has Blake Bortles like just regressed in the past two weeks. And so yep. it's a really interesting game to me between two teams that I think are ascendant generally in terms of organization and where they're going to be the next few years. I can see why there's not a lot of activity because, look, uh, um, a there's a Southeastern anti-bias. Uh, B, um, no one can really, from a betting perspective, no one can figure out these teams. Yeah. I'm going to have to hold you up one second because I'm getting some money on the Vikings right now, and I'm actually changing the line there. And I'm going, I don't know if we're going to get to that game quick, but I've got some bets coming in. It's the next game. There's just a little move on the Vikings here. It's the next game. So there it goes. I just went to three and a half on the Vikings from three. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, should we do some line change music? Is that what you want to do? Yeah. Someone's saying something. Because I just went. Nice. <laughs> Love nice. it. Nice. Uh, 
that game just popped from three and a half to four in another book. Um, so clearly somebody was hitting that. That's really interesting. It's 12.55 Eastern on Tuesday afternoon. And um, somebody hit Minnesota at three and three and a half multiple times. They're now favored by uh, three and a half or four. Give me the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets at plus four, my friend. Yeah, it's another one, uh, a tough one to nothing to tough about watch, it. Nothing tough about it. No, like, you just <laughs> that is the side. Yeah, uh, you, you, you definitely just have to take the 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 home dog again here, but uh, it, it scares me a little bit because the you know the Vikings still are you know one of the teams to beat in the in the NFC. It's a it's a tough road game, but. Uh, Boy, I just I know the Jets look pretty good against the the Colts, but the Colts just have no defense. And I think uh, still, as great as Sam Darnold looks, he's going to be going up against a, a little bit tougher defense uh, in the Vikings. I I hope I hope the Jets win it because obviously we've got a lot of money on the Vikings, but uh, this is going to be a tough one to watch. This is a no-brainer to me. Yeah. If you're a professional, you go with the Jets. Are you a professional? Or are you not? <laughs> right. What you are you? Have ice in your veins. Declare. No, you, you just, uh, just do it. Declare yourself. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yep. Yep. Indianapolis Colts seven and a half over Buffalo. I'm not playing this game as long as Nathan Peterman is anywhere in the vicinity of the Buffalo area code or the Indianapolis Colts area area code. From now on, they should, they should, I I said this the other day, rename the pick six, the Peterman. (laughs) I'm with you there. I mean, the the Colts have no defense, like I just said, but if Nate Peterman is, is quarterback, there's no way you can have any part of the bills. Uh, This line was probably going to be about uh, four with Josh Allen. Uh, So there's, about a four-point adjustment. I don't think that's enough, I, but eight's kind of a dead number. I could easily go to eight and a half and probably not affect anything right now. Uh, but I agree with you. I, I mean, the the Bills played such a good game against Houston last week, and just what a difference when Peterman came in the game and just <laughs> just cha- everything, the whole dynamic changed, and uh, and I've just seen it so many times. And, and But I agree with you there. Nathan Peterman has thrown 79 career passes. We talked about this on the favorites on Monday with Jeff Schwartz and Paul LaDuca. 79 career passes, nine interceptions. 11% of his passes have been interceptions. It's got to be a record. It's not the one you want. I'll tell you that much. The Peterman. The Peterman. I love that. It's the Peterman. Yeah. <laughs> Can't believe I'm the first one to think of that. I should trademark that. It's yeah, like, the Peterman. We can do the Peterman catalog and it just be pictures of all the bad plays that Peterman has. And we can get it narrated <laughs> by the dude who played Jay Peterman in Seinfeld. I was thinking of that too. How funny would that Peterman. be? <laughs> oh my God. I am a content genius. For sure. I got to get someone on that. I like to have the yep. ideas. And then I like to give them to people to do. That's my MO. I'm an idea man. I, an just, idea I man. just shoot them out there. You know, people yeah. got to figure it out. But I'm generally a, just a big idea guy. Yeah. 
It's the best job there is. Just be a big idea guy. Uh, Detroit, Miami, it's not on the board. Yeah. Um, so obviously, uh, Ryan Tannehill, that's going to make a make a big difference in this one. You think? Um, <laughs> but I'll tell you what. I was a pretty big uh, Osweiler fan. Guess and what? He came through for me. He, uh, you were what? an Osweiler fan, but he only beats the Bears. His like the first game he ever had for the Broncos beat the Bears. First game for the Texans beat the Bears. First game for the Dolphins beat the Bears. I did hear that they were saying that he we got his whole contract based on the Bears should actually pay his his salary because he's earned every penny of it against the Bears. He should pay the Bears. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, the, so the Lions will be anywhere from two, one and a half, two with Tannehill, and probably about five and a half, six without Tannehill. So just when we do put up that line, but currently off the board. Hmm. Hmm. Got any opinion on that? I would take the Lions. <laughs> you got to take the home dog, right? I know, but no matter who's quarterback, screw you, Scooch. <laughs> uh huh. Don't throw my, don't throw those back in my face. Exactly. It's like what my kids say. I'll say, I'll say something. I'm like, uh, I'll like, hey, you guys want me? You guys want me to make dinner? They'll be like. Your face wants me to make dinner. I'm like, that doesn't even make any sense. Are you burning me right now? What is, what is happening? Like, and they're like, your face is burning me. I'm like, I, I can't even have a conversation with you. And they'll be like, well, that's when you know when you're getting old and, and you don't even know if you're being insulted. Or and not. like, they're like, I can't have a conversation with your face. I'm like, I know you can't have a conversation with my face. My face doesn't want to have a conversation with you. Do you want any fucking dinner or not? Or you just want to like sit there and starve? <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> Kids. Gotta love them. Uh, yeah. uh, Philadelphia, minus five against Carolina. I liked it better when it was lower. I don't like it here. Well, we're, we went to four. You so... Hmm. Yeah, so I don't know if you like it at four. Getting um, some wise guy money. We we got a little bit. I th- I think the Eagles are are kind of hitting their stride. It took them they had their slow start and, and you know maybe the Super Bowl hangover, but uh, they're um, they're starting to draw a lot of public action. And you know when they start covering, that's usually bad for us because now it's just going to be like a steamroller effect. The uh, uh, the ticket counts about five to one with us right now Eagles to Panthers uh Panthers kind of laid an egg last week against uh the Redskins and I mean they came within a one play of of tying the game and possibly winning the game but but still they were down 17 nothing early to the Redskins and and uh I think of of the two teams the Panthers are more on the decline in terms of who the betting public likes and uh, and the Eagles are obviously on the on the rise, uh, having disappointed a few betters early in the year, but now kind of get like I said, hitting their stride again. Yeah, I'm passing on this game. That's a tough one. Um, I mean, it's a lot of points to lay, even for the Eagles at home. Yeah, Panthers usually keep the games pretty close. That's a tough one. I'll tell you what, I'm not passing on. What's what? Baltimore Ravens down to two. Yeah. At home against the Saints. To me, this is one of the most intriguing 
games on the board. The Saints coming off the bye week, pretty good offense in the top five in the NFL with their offense and going up against the number one ranked defense right now. Uh, so this is kind of like where the rubber hits the road with these two teams. But I'll tell you that the Saints, man, they've got a brutal, brutal schedule. I think they have to win this one. Uh, you know, when you say kind of must-win games and key games, uh, you know, and there's no guarantee, obviously. But um, after uh, after Baltimore, they play at Minnesota, uh, and then they play the Rams. They, they play the Eagles, the Falcons. I mean, they've got a brutal schedule ahead of them. And coming off a bye week, I think they really probably want to get this game. Uh, the, the betting public seems to like them, the sharp guys. Um, uh not, I wouldn't say they came in heavy on them. They're just kind of a taste because the line did go down a little bit. Um, but uh, and I don't know how much you can take in from just the the Ravens beating a, a really bad offense with Tennessee last week. But this is a real intriguing game, and it might be the exception when you don't lay that short home favorite. Oh, I was thinking the opposite. You were thinking of taking the dog. No, thinking of laying the oh. short home favorite. Okay, all right. I think like okay. I don't know, man. The Ravens minus two, great defense, serviceable offense, mm-hmm. at home, hyped up crowd, like feeling like they are world beaters right now. And I know that's sort of not necessarily a great scenario, but I don't think this. I think this defense is this defense is historically good. Yeah, they really are. That's why I said it's the, where the rubber hits the road here with with you know the best de- defense. I think the Saints are ranked three on their offense, uh, third in the NFL. So really, kind of uh, uh, to me the most interesting game on the board. I have four games. I'm starting to get really excited about five, six. <laughs> We're gonna get to the next two. I'm on Baltimore yeah. here, Scooch. I'm going against right. the wise guys. Oh, I don't blame you. Washington minus one and a half over Dallas. I did not get the best of the line here. I missed a half point value here, and I want to bet the Redskins. Yeah, uh, the Cowboys finally put together you know their best game of the year. And don't uh, care. Just regression. Don't get fooled, huh? Regression. Don't. It's like it's that great story. I don't know if it's true or not, but I'll share it. If he wants to sue me, he can. Like if Jay Cutler, you know, I grew up in Chicago, and Jay Cutler, uh, like, was somewhere like at a urinal or something in a bar, and he was pissing next to some dude, and like the guy was like, "Hey, Jay Cutler, I went to Vanderbilt too." And Jay Cutler just stares at the ceiling and goes, "Don't care." <laughs> really? I don't know if it's true or not, but. Sounds like yeah. something that would happen. Yeah. I've heard worse about him, so I'm I'm assuming that was true. Um, don't care. <laughs> don't care. But tell me tell me yeah. you're thinking about the Cowboys and I'll I'll interrupt rudely. Well, I mean obviously the history of this rivalry kind of changes a lot of things. So what you would normally put in a point spread statistically don't care (laughs) i don't care about your face Ah! (laughs) 
Your face doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. What are you, 15? <laughs> Your face is 15. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. That was awesome. Yeah. Tell me what you want so, to say. So really, I mean, the, the betting in this game is split right down the middle. I can't even, I mean, and I think it's going to stay that way right until game time. With the line one, one and a half, even if it goes to pick, even if it goes to two, it's not enough to really sway anyone to say, oh, let me take the points with the dog. Uh, it's just you're picking who's going to win the game. And uh, right now, both teams looked pretty good uh, last, you know, recently. So there's, you, you can't have like a recency bias. And, uh, bias. So um, I, this one's split right down the middle. I think we got the number pretty good, and I don't, I don't think we'll see much movement on it. And Ben, the Redskins. Although you're on the Redskins, I gotcha. I will be. <laughs> Haven't done it yet, but I will be. This next one. Yeah. As my very <laughs> close personal friend, Keith Jackson, used to say. Kidding, we're not friends. I've never met him. Oh, okay. Whoa, Nelly. Rams. <laughs> What are they at? I see nine and a half on the road, third week in a row at the Niners on a short week after a crushing loss last night. That might have been the game. That might have been the game for C.J. Beathard. I might be getting the best of the number at nine and a half in some places on the Rams. You know I don't want to bet against a home dog at like practically double digits, but... I think right. last night's was a crushing loss, and I don't think that the Niners' defense plays that well again. Yeah. that It's really hard to, to rebound so quickly after a game that you felt like was yours and, and you lost. I mean, emotionally, it's hard to get back up. Um, had it been any any other week other than coming off of that, you know, crushing loss. I'd say you automatically have to take the ten points, and I still think you, you auto play. You just have to take the yeah. You have to take the ten points, but but I agree with you. But on the other side, we've also said that you know you had to bet Seattle at home getting seven points against the Rams a couple of weeks ago. Um, you had to take uh, the Broncos uh, against the Rams uh, getting seven points last week, and uh, so third third week in a row the Rams are on the road laying real big numbers. They haven't covered once yet and on the road laying those big numbers and this is the biggest number yet so um the professionals will be on on the 49ers you'll see this line come down uh just you know just like you saw the line come down last night the packers were uh were as high as 10 and at some places it went down to eight and a half so the sharp guys are a, a late move on the on the dog the late move is the correct move yes it is i'm gonna bet the niners i changed my mind just while you were talking Wow. Okay. I'm not betting. Not by. uh, I'm not betting your face. Your face is alleged. (laughs) I'm not betting either of these last two games. No. No. Kansas City Chiefs six and a half over the Bengals. Don't like it. Well, you know the the value is obviously out of the Chiefs. We've just been increasing their their 
power rankings uh, every week. And and I'll tell you, even in their loss against the the, the Patriots, uh, Mahomes is still as impressive as ever. Um, you know, it just it was a seesaw game, and in this one, we just know that everyone's going to be on the Chiefs, so we have to be as high as possible. Um, and then we'll probably just keep inching it up until we get some Bengals money. But uh, I don't think it'll go as high as seven. Uh, I think, if anything, the sharp guys will kind of keep it keep it down a little bit because the Chiefs are already inflated at minus six. So you're saying there's value on the Bengals? I do, yeah. I mean, we're, we've made this line about as high as we could make it. Your face is overvalued. <laughs> Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> you're speechless. Yeah. Now you're you're just you're just mumbling. <laughs> oh my god, this last game is so bad. I'd rather talk about your face for the next twenty five <laughs> minutes than the Atlanta Falcons as six and a half point favorites over the Giants, who are just like both of these teams are so bad. So yeah. bad. This is it for the Giants. If the Giants can't produce any offense against this Falcons team, I think you got to go to Tyler Loretta and say so long to Eli. Yeah, I mean the people have already been talking about it. They're, yeah. I, I've, I hear the chatter. I you know talked to a lot of people back east. I was actually in Philadelphia last week and. Uh, ran into a lot of Giants fans and it's always interesting to get just the casual fans take on things and uh yeah that everybody's calling for a big change and uh, they've just had enough and uh like I agree with you if they can't that the Falcons are at the bottom of the league and with their defense and I've been kind of high on this Falcons team largely because of their offense and uh but if the Giants can't put up points here uh here people are going to be calling for uh, some big changes Lines are moving like crazy now. The Patriots are at four. We started the podcast. They were at uh, three and a half. The Broncos are now at three. We started the podcast. They were at two and a half. You said to wait on that. Uh, Minnesota's at four. We moved it while we were on the podcast. Um, You moved it to three and a half. Uh, What is going on here? Someone is like... Yeah, someone's moving moving markets here. It's moving day. (laughs) It's moving day. Yeah, yeah. We got some scooch roulette decisions to make. We do. I forgot that was coming. <laughs> there are so many games I like. So, so many games. Many games. So just to narrow it down to one. It's so hard. Well, I won last week. Yeah. And you know what? I want you to go first because. You went first last week. You stole the game that I wanted. I ended up having to choose a different game. You got hooked. I won because I am (laughs) the. Oh, also, by the way, the Jags have moved from four and a half to from from five to four and a half. Okay. Yep. Are you moving these lines too, Scooch? Is the book beating? Is someone beating you? No, I touch that one. All what right. do you want to do? You go ahead. It's I, you your know, podcast. You go ahead. It's be, it's really, I love the Bears, and I like the Redskins. I like them both. Damn you. But but, <laughs> but I can't, I just can't go, I'm staying away from Bill Belichick, whether I'm on him or against him. So, Redskins. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't believe I let you go first. <laughs> because those were the two games I was thinking about, 
and I was not going to go with the Bears for the exact reason you just said. So now, now, <sighs> so now you're not even going to go with the Bears. Those yeah. are the two games, and now you're you're going to your third choice. Yeah, I think so. It's like my safety safety school. Uh fudge. <laughs> Foolery. <laughs> Dag nabbit. I'm torn now between the Bears and the Arizona Cardinals. Ooh. I'll tell you yeah, what. Two good ones. I'll tell you what. Yeah. I'm going with the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals have a better chance to win that game than the Bears do. And yeah. I think like Denver's just a bad team. I think they had their best game of the year against the Rams. Uh, give me, give me Denver. Denver minus. Got, th- I mean, give me Arizona. Oh, you, no, Arizona, no, 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 Arizona yeah. plus three. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Boom. And, and I'm the yeah, and I'm the only plus three. I don't know where you. So yeah, you got plus three with me. We'll give you the plus three. Well, I see a plus three in my. Oh, ac- in your allegedly in oh. my Action Network app. I only look at the Action Network app. Okay, I got you. But I can choose from 55 sports books to give me lines. I can choose a consensus line from the Action Network, or I can choose one of the 55 books to give me their line. Uh, I have how do you chosen get that Action Network. Uh, you got to go to the App Store. You got to download Action Network. Okay. You know, we could probably get the Boyd Gaming lines into the Action Network app. They are uh, not in here. We yeah, let's do that. that. Yeah, yeah why we're don't, working on it. Why don't we work on that deal? Okay. Mr. Bob Scucci, thank you, Chad. as always, for coming on the podcast. This has been the Favorites Podcast from the Action Network. You can listen to us on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I will be back on Friday with Blackjack Fletcher. We will make five picks to win $1.4 million. Listen to us where you get your Apple podcasts and on radio.com. Till next time. Thank you.